Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. And on this episode, I, Aaron Gerke, and Kevin Bender are engaging in a conversation about waiting in sorrow and also waiting in joy. It's a good time to explore this conversation, and we really hope you enjoy it. Well, hi, Kevin. Hey there, Aaron. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. To all our listeners at home, we're playing around with ever-developing technology, and we're going hands-free on our microphones today. So mm-hmm. if you're watching the video, you can see that. If you're listening on the audio, I don't know. Maybe it sounds different. Yeah, maybe it can, sounds better. Maybe it sounds worse. <laughs> There's probably like, you know, I probably like took a second to like move the mic close to me every time. Yeah. So maybe it's a consistent good volume. It could be. Or we're going to get done recording this whole thing and listen to it and say, that sounded terrible, but we can't do it again. Actually, a little behind the scenes info for those of you who are listeners. Two weeks ago, uh, Kevin and Marcus uh, did the podcast while I was out of town. I don't think we talked about this or told this story. Uh-uh. Kevin, you should enlighten our <laughs> listeners to your struggles with Marcus to record oh. this podcast. Yeah, so there we were, Marcus and I, having a nice conversation on a couch in front of a camera. Mouths are moving. Uh, words are being spoken, but not received on the camera or the microphone. Uh, we thought that the microphone's batteries were dead. But you recorded the whole thing. You were done, oh, right? Yeah, like a 30-minute conversation. Yeah. Whole thing. Played it. No sound. No sound. So then we, uh, then we said right that moment, okay, we need to get some reliable batteries. Bought a recharger pack. Got these charger batteries. Yeah. Put them in the microphones. This was the next day. Did another recording. You could hear us for about two, three minutes. Yeah. Nothing. After that, enough, but we went for the whole 20, yeah. well, it was about 25 minutes in and we realized, oh man, I don't, we don't see the volume thing ticking on the screen. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. And we only got a couple minutes in because it wasn't the microphones that were bad. We just hadn't charged like the receiving end of the sound. Right, right, right. So then later that day we had a third conversation on the same exact topic, uh, but three different conversations. Yeah. So, um, you hear has only got one of those three conversations. That was the... Waiting in hope. Yeah. Yeah, that was waiting in hope. That was the first week of Advent. Yeah. Uh, you guys got one conversation. Marcus and I got, we really got to know each other. <laughs> <laughs> there was hope that things would get better, and <laughs> they did. Not a whole lot of peace Not when they didn't, peace. but then, uh, yeah, our sorrow turned to joy on that third one. So, our solution now with our technology is no microphone batteries. Yeah. We're plugging straight in, Just and straight to the source. However, with today's. <laughs> I went to turn the camera on to start recording, and this morning I, I plugged in the camera to charge the battery, and then I just turned on the camera, and it wasn't on. It said, charge your battery, and I thought, what? And then I looked, and I had had the charger plugged into the headphone jack. So, <laughs> I uh, not doing so hot on batteries with stuff these last few days and weeks. Yeah, so, just go straight to the source. Go straight to the source. Right to the outlet. Wow. It's like we could say, just go straight to Jesus. Mm. As our source of joy. Exactly. Wow. What do you think about that, Kevin? Is I, that true? I think that's a... Yeah, yeah. I think that's a big statement uh, that would probably help to unpack a little bit. Okay. You know? What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, so, to those of you who are listening, we're recording this in the third week of Advent. 
And Advent, uh, again, kind of historically is this uh, season of repentance. It's a season of looking with anticipation for the coming of Christ. But also, I mean, in order to do that, in order to be ready for Jesus, we also have to turn away from our sin, turn away from our uh, sinful flesh and turn to Jesus. So mm-hmm. it's a season of repentance. So like, historically, uh, there's this there's this pause in Advent on the third week uh, for joy. And so a lot of Advent wreaths have a pink candle for joy. Mm-hmm. So so here we are in this joy week. And um, you were preaching a sermon on Sunday. Uh, we had, you know, you and I had kind of searched the scriptures for stories of people who were needing to wait and for, for God's timing to be fulfilled. And yeah. um, the last two weeks, we, we leaned into the story of the Israelites in the wilderness. And mm. um, so you were talking about how here they are, here are the Israelites on the edge of the wilderness. Like they've been told you get to go to the, pro- I mean, they're not on the edge of the wilderness. They're on the edge of the promised land. They've right. been told you get to go to the promised land. You get to go. Here it is. And God still says, not yet. Not yet, guys. Not yet. Yeah. But they they try to force they right. try to force the issue, right? That's what you were Yeah, that's so what, that's what you unpacked for us in the Right. Like, just kind of recap the story. I was gonna say bit. that's the goofiness of it is that I mean hypotheticals, I don't know, is it even worth this exploring the question of if, you know, if they would have acted differently, could oh. have they gone right in? Well, I mean, we're led to believe, I think, yeah. Like God was taken to this promised land. God so here's what happens in numbers. Oh man, that's so hot. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> Kevin's spilling. Got drink. I got cold brew coffee today, so didn't burn. Um, <laughs> but no, so in in the wilderness, right? They they leave Sinai. This is a year after the golden calf ish. Head to the promised land. They get close to the promised land. God says, "Send some guys in. Check it out. Look. Uh, see how it, see how it is. The guys go in. It looks good. Honestly, it looks right. great. Right. Land's luscious." Um, I mean, just as God has described, it's basically like, wow, this is this is gonna be a great place for right. us to live. But the one problem is like, there's all these uh, other peoples there. Right. Uh, I didn't mention it in the sermon, but like the Nephilim right. are mentioned, and they're, I mean, they're kind of like giants. Uh-huh. Like, I'm a big kind of folklore fantasy guy. That yeah. that's intriguing to me. That yeah. There's maybe, <laughs> you know, giants or half giants. I don't know if it's like Hagrid-sized yeah. people yeah. Uh, for you Harry Potter fans. But anyways, <laughs> they see these peoples, they get freaked out. God has told them, hey, I'm going to give you this land. Like, I am going to give you this land. Mm-hmm. The people see uh, these, these giants and they say, whoa, forget it, guys. Right. God's leading us to our death. This is a bad deal. We can't go in. That's 12 of the, four, four, no, 10 of the 12. There's 12 spies that go in. 10 of the 12 say that. We can't do this. Right. Then you have Caleb and um, uh, Joshua, uh-huh. yeah, uh, and those guys are like, wait a minute, God said he's going to let us in, right. <laughs> God said he was going to take care of us, look, he has this whole time, right. no, we got to go in, guys, and they're like, no way, we're not going in, we're not listening to you two fools, uh, Moses, they actually pick up stones to kill the guy, I've got to forget that right, story, but right. like, they're going to kill Moses. Uh-huh. Um, because he's saying, he's he's telling them, like, we got to listen to God. Go into the promised land. But they say, no, 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 we're not going in. And, uh, I mean, God's kind of bummed out about this because 
He led them here for this purpose. This is his plan, his promise. We know God keeps his word. Right. And these guys, they just, they don't get that. Right. They, don't, they don't get that God is continually keeping his word, that he's super reliable. And, uh, and so God says, well, okay, if you don't want to go to the promised land, sure, then you won't. Mm-hmm. You're going to walk around for 40 years, and your kids can go into the promised land. Those kids that you were worried about getting squashed by these giants, I'm gonna, they're going to go in the promised land. Right. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, they're right there, right on the cusp of the promised land. They see it. It's a good land. But uh, honestly, I think it's just like, it's kind of like the golden calf in that they lose the focus. They lose sight. It's like Moses is in the camp. He's telling them God's law. They're like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll yeah, obey. Right, right, right. Moses leaves for five seconds. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Kevin, when you're doing that little narrative recap, it takes me back to my childhood. Oh, okay. Because if if this is helpful for anybody, uh, we can put this to song. Did you know this song? Well, it's maybe I don't. I don't know. Twelve men went to spy on Cain, and ten were bad, and two were good. What did they see when they spied on Cain, and ten were bad, and two were good? You know this one? I don't. Really? No. Some saw giants big and tall. Some saw grapes and clusters fall. Some saw God was in it all. Ten were bad, and two were good. Ooh, I like that. And they just do it faster. Uh. Twelve men went to spy on Cain and ten were bad and two were good. What did they see when they were bad? Cain and ten were bad and two were good. Some such giants big and tall. Some such grapes and clusters fall. Some such God was in it all. Ten were bad and two were good. That's pretty good. Isn't it good? I want to hear you go faster. But uh, I don't know just, uh, super lightning, <laughs> ultra speed. Yeah. At some point, you just make like the fast forward sound effect, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Exactly. And the kids are like, how'd you do that? Tell me about it. What? Oh, my gosh. Wow. you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. You alluded in the sermon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you didn't allude. You told a story. And I, I wholeheartedly <laughs> resonate with you. Mm. Um, this 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 story of like sitting in rush hour traffic and uh, you know you get to the rush hour traffic you go this this is terrible mm. this mm-hmm. is not where I'm supposed to be there's a faster way home there's a better way home I know how to get home yeah I can I I'll find my way home and then you go zoom in on these side streets you you hit stoplights you get pulled over by the cops and if you had just stayed in the traffic and gone at that slow pace mm. you would have made it home mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean i do the same thing one of my biggest pet peeves um it, maybe i already shared this i don't know but if i did forgive me but in the grocery store uh-huh. uh checkout lines uh I, I always try to find the shortest one oh yeah right um uh, but <laughs> It's happened to me so many times where I'm like, I'm in a line. The person, there's one person in front of me. I chose the short line. Yeah. The person in front of me has some sort of issue with their cart or the cashier is slow and you're watching these other lines go and all of a sudden the lane next to you, you know, there's one person in it and you're like, I'm fed up with this line. You go to the other line and as soon as you get there, that other person leaves and they, you know, you ever do that? I do that. I've done that so many times instead of just... Instead just of just waiting it out, out and like do all this shuffling and maneuvering, and I'm like, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh, uh huh. So I get it, I get it. Yeah, um, we like to. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like all these examples showcases that we like to feel like we're going somewhere. You know? Yeah, we like to feel like I'm making things happen. Right. You know. Right. I'm causing effects here. Right. You know, I'm 
Okay, that's my big deal, you know, like sitting in traffic on the highway. Oh, it's torture for me. Yeah. Even if it takes, you know, an extra 15 minutes, if I'm just driving on those side streets, at least I feel like I'm doing something. Yeah. You know? Right. It's really, it's really, really hard. I guess it's really hard to recognize um, that stuff the world turns even when I'm not <laughs> making a turn, you know? Like, yeah. Well, I think the it's really relatable. Uh, like, like we read on Sunday from John chapter 16, yeah. um, this, uh, this, this part of the narrative in the gospel of John, where Jesus is with his disciples on the night that he's betrayed, he's washed their feet. He's given them the last supper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's about to go out into the garden and be arrested. But before he does that, he tells them, um, that, that soon, um, they're going to have great sorrow. Yeah. Uh, the world is going to be rejoicing. Mm. All right, they're going to have sorrow, but soon their sorrow will turn to joy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he is, um, he's referencing to them his, his coming death and resurrection, right? At Jesus' death, the disciples are going to go, oh, man, yeah. the worst thing. Those who crucified Jesus are going to go, got it done. Finally, right? <laughs> and then Jesus is going to flip the script like he always does and their sorrow will turn to joy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's what Jesus has called all Christians to live in, and is this reality that uh, when we look at the world and the way that the world looks at us as Christians, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes, even still today, the world will look at us as Christians and They'll rejoice, thinking that they've got all the answers. You know, sure. science has all the answers for sure. you. You know, the the I don't know yeah. your social media group has all the answers for you. Your Christianity, I don't know. Maybe that's some like feel good thing that you do on the side. But we've got all the all the truth here. You know, and and ultimately, I think what we're what we're learning in this reality of the joy of Jesus is Jesus is saying, my friends, like, mm. no, no, no. This what what you're seeing right now. Yes, the world, the world's got a lot of sorrow in it, a lot of grief, a lot of pain, a lot of death, mm-hmm. a lot of division. Mm-hmm. But I'm coming, I'm coming again soon, and your sorrow will ultimately turn to joy. It will turn to joy. Right. And I think in this Advent conversation that we've been having, I think each week it's really what what we're doing in Advent is. Our, our eyes are, are are leaping forward to the return of Christ. Yep. Right? So we can we can see that. Just like the Israelites could see the promised land. Oh, yeah. Right? Nice. They could see it. It's it's there. Just wait on it. Mm-hmm. Wait on it. Wait, wait for God's timing to be fulfilled. We can see the return of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now you might say, how can you see the return of Christ? Because Jesus said he's coming again. I can right. see it. I trust his promise. Right. So it's it's there. Um but so therefore that joy that will come it's mine now sure yeah you take hold of it now I yeah no yeah yeah i mean it's it's when i think of the whole rush hour trying to go home thing I, I wanted to get home just so i could like relax you know right but the reality is i mean you you can relax in traffic <laughs> i know that sounds impossible but you can. Especially like, with all those self, self-driving self cars coming out. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> i just sleep on the way home. But no, really, like, something that, you know, granted, 
Houghton, Houghton traffic's not quite like St. Louis. Of course, I, you know, uh, talked to a, a guy from California who, you know, let me know about the traffic there, which was much more than St. Louis. Right, right. But, um, but, uh, but lately here, like in Houghton, in my drives even to and from uh, church, which aren't long, it's like seven minutes. Even those I could get impatient on. Right. You know, and I noticed myself at this always doing like a rolling stop. You don't even have a stop light. You just have stop signs. <laughs> I know, and I don't even stop for them. <laughs> Uh, sorry, it's my confession time is what this is turning into. But, um, there's a podcast I found, um, that... Conversate? I've heard that... Conversate is good. Oh my gosh, I thought this sounded familiar. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, that was great. Uh, no, 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 it's, uh, it's called The Daily Pattern. It's a, uh, it's just a devotional time is what it is. Just walks you through a little devotion. And, uh, I've noticed, like, I'm, I'm, I'm driving slower. Okay. I'm stopping at the stop sign. I'm not, I'm not riding up on the person in front of me because I've got this other word that's coming in uh, to yeah. my to my car that's taken me to another place, yeah. right, in another space where I'm not so focused on this traffic and me trying to get home and me being frustrated about it. But like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of that it's the source question being plugged yeah. into the source. Right. Like you take, I mean, if I would have just said, wow. I've been afforded this opportunity on this ride home to pray. Yeah. That would have changed that commute home. Right. That would have looked a lot different right. than my Russian home. I, mean, I did that every day. Right. You know? And when, I, when else am I carving 40 minutes of just downtime for prayer? Right. That guy could, be, could have been handing it to me. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I... There's a couple of different ways my mind wants to go with this, but with what you just said... Um, with my, I have, I have three kids. Um, my oldest daughter, uh, when she was when she was young, uh, she was a great sleeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, she's she's my favorite kid. <laughs> just kidding, other children, you're all my favorite in different ways. But in terms of the sleep that you've given me, Hazel is by far the best. Yeah. Um, Max, he didn't sleep till he was like 18 months old. So like mm-hmm. coming out of a a child that slept like right away to a non-sleeper, like. I find myself getting really uh, like frustrated in the middle of the night yeah. with him. Um, like, and it, I don't know. I wasn't like mad at my child, you know, but like just frustrated about the situation, you know. Just Seriously. I can't. I, what do I do about this? All this stuff. Um, finally, he slept, you know, at some point in life. <laughs> but uh, then our youngest, uh, she didn't sleep very well. Uh, at, at all but she was also really she was really sick for uh, a lot of her um, early life I noticed myself in those sleepless nights in the middle of the night holding um, my young child changing my attitude from this one of frustration with my son when he wouldn't sleep to this moment of no I, I know how to live through sleepless nights <laughs> like I've done this before I know that this is possible and in this moment like at some point this kid is going to sleep mm-hmm. and right now I've got this opportunity to hold this child of mine who's mm-hmm. not going to be this small forever I can hold her I can pray over her I can talk to God mm-hmm. and it, it was just like that there's there's that attitude like shift and yeah. and I know like uh I know, like in your sermon, you you really you really emphasize the fact that I think you use these words like uh, joy is received, not achieved. Joy is given, not gotten. Like a very um, 
a pa- like a passive thing. Like I can't go out and make joy happen. Yeah. But I also do think there is part of the reality. Like I I think of it like this that mm. that joy is the default setting that Jesus gives us. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So joy like. When when Jesus says I, I love you, you're forgiven, you're mine. Like mm. that's it. so it's already there. Yeah. The world is trying to heap sorrow upon sorrow upon sorrow. So like while I can't make joy happen, at the same time I like in my human nature I do have to still like cling to it. So there's still like a active like no I'm claiming my default setting. Like uh, yes sure. it, it's passive like. I can't make it happen. It's given to me by Jesus and his, the, the reality of his love for me. Right. But I have to, I do have to say no to the sorrow of the world. And like, no, I'm going to, this is the reality that I'm going to live in because it's the one that's given to me and it's better for me. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Well, and that's just it. Like you said a couple of times, like there's this reality. There's yeah. something that's already done. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and that's Jesus' death, his resurrection, all of the promise that that carries with it. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he, yeah, he's done that. I need, I need to have my ears open, right. unstopped, unplugged. I need to hear that. I need to remember that, which I think is what you're saying about right. about getting to that default setting, right? right. Like, it's don't the, lose sight of that. It's the same thing with the other, our other Advent words, mm. hope. Mm-hmm. That's a default setting. That's already yours. Mm. The world says don't have hope, but if we just cling to hope, it's ours. Same thing with peace. Like the world would say, you shouldn't be at peace. Mm. No, peace, like, this, that's the default setting. So like, because I'm a Christian, because I know who Jesus is, because he's coming again, because he's lived for me, died for me, rose for me, because he is God himself. Like, all that stuff is yours. That's that's my reality. That's the default setting that he wakes me up to every day. Mm, mm-hmm. So just live in that. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, and I think, too, you know, part of it is is recognizing, like, how big of a God we have. Right. Uh, what he's able to handle, what he's able to take in and, and, and uh, deal with, right? Um, think about the Psalms, right? Because the Psalms is an interesting place. I've read that the Psalms uh, can instruct your heart how to express. Mm. Right? Sometimes we have a hard time expressing, you know, we're not maybe the most like emotionally expressive people, but the Psalms are really emotional mm. and they'll kind of direct you to express uh, what's going on, but generally looping back to the hope, the peace, uh, the joy that is rooted in God's action, right? Um, but you'll even get these Psalms of lament, mm. Like Psalms where they're crying out from deep sorrow, you know. Mm. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? You know, right. Questioning that, wondering that. Uh, or, or saying, God, where are you? Wake up. Yeah. Rouse yourself. But they almost always come at the end back to, God, you are faithful. Mm. God, you have done this. Your steadfast love endures forever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost in trying to get, like, get back to that default setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's good to know, too, that like you, you can take what it is that's bringing you sorrow and throw it at God like he can handle it right he can right. he can handle it and I think he wants to like um, when you're in those <laughs> really frustrating moments in the traffic with the child in the middle of the night right. like well and with the Israelites in the desert they face they face a lot of hardships but 
God, God uses the the weight of the cross is hardship,、mm. right? He uses hardship to.、Um, I've heard like chiseling as a、uh, a good metaphor, right? Like if you're making a statue, you're forming it into the into an image,、mm-hmm. right? God wants to form us into the likeness of His Son. Well, okay, if you're chiseling the thing, that's gonna hurt,、mm-hmm. you know? Like I'm this big old block of stone. I'm getting pieces ripped off of me.、Right. It's painful at the time. I, there might be some sorrow in that, but If I recognize, like the song,、uh, how's it? Cluster the grapes. <laughs>、uh, some saw giants big and tall. Some saw grapes and clusters fall. Some saw God was in it all. God was in it all.、Yeah. Exactly. So God is even in these moments of sorrow. It's not God hasn't abandoned me.、Right. I'm not left for dead. God is, He's chiseling away at me、right. and forming me、uh, after the likeness of His own Son. And even if that hurts like right now, today,、mm-hmm. maybe in a year from now, I'm saying, "God, thank you so much for forming me, because now I can hold my child,、yeah. and and、uh, and really marvel about this,、yeah. you know." Or、uh, I thank you, God, for you know teaching me how small I am. So so now, when the world does feel like it's falling apart, I recognize like I'm okay because I know how big you are,、mm-hmm. you know. Yeah.、Um, Yeah. It, if you think about it too, I mean,、uh, back to the Gospel of John.、Uh-huh. So John sixteen,、uh-huh. when Jesus said, "You know,、uh, you will have、uh, you will have sorrow, but the world will rejoice, and then your、uh, your sorrow will turn into joy." Right, be- right. before that, in John fifteen, he was he was also talking. It's a it's a same conversation,、mm-hmm. long、uh, conversation, long conversation. They were conversating forever, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah.、Um, But he he said in fifteen, you know, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides、mm-hmm. in me bears much fruit. But he also talks about the the pruning, right? The pruning of the branches, you、right. know.、And、it's the same kind of conversation, right? We need、mm-hmm. we need to be pruned. We <laughs> we need to be pruned. We need right, you know,、uh, to to be shaped and and molded and refined. I mean, these、mm-hmm. are all like.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> scriptural images, right? He's、yeah. the Potter. We are the clay, right? Right. I mean, right. Pick, <laughs> pick your pick your favorite metaphor. Made, yeah.、Right? Um, but but all of those, it's the same thing. That God's the one who's、mm-hmm. working this in us. He's、mm-hmm. he's making us to be His own. I mean, that's what He was. That's what He was doing with the Israelites in the wilderness. He、yeah. was shaping them and forming them、mm-hmm. because God knew. That when they got to the promised land, that they were going to be exposed, you know. And this is、right. later on in the story. We're not going to go to it in the sermons, unfortunately. But、right. if you keep reading the Bible, they get in there and they start facing all these foreign gods, these false、yeah. gods. It's the promised land. Yeah, I mean, it's good and all. It's what God promised them. But there's other people there, and they've got other religions, and some want to kill the Israelites and. Right. The Israelites are tempted by their gods and their kings, and it's just that whole time God's been trying to shape them so that when they get there, they're going to trust in Him and Him right. alone. Right. And so quickly the story unfolds that they don't. They just、mm-hmm. they start turning to other gods. They start doing what's right in their own eyes. And you know, it's just. I was going to say that's that you get that in, when he hit judges that re- re- refrain over、right. and over of everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like, I mean, that's that's something that you would say about like our world today, right? Everybody just seems to be doing what's right in their、oh, own eyes. Totally, yeah. But 
it, that's where you go back to the scriptures and you go, all right, there's also nothing new under the sun. Yeah. This is sinful Some things never change. Nature. But that's just it. And, you know, like, and if we're doing what's right in our own eyes, I'm never going to choose for myself, <laughs> like, from a selfish standpoint, from a sinful standpoint. I'm never going to be like, you know what? I want to do something really difficult today. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, if I'm doing what's right in my own eyes, that probably means I'm getting the cream of the crop and whoever else is kind of around me is getting, you know... They're getting the rough, the roughness, you know. Right. They're getting the, di- they're getting the difficulty because I, I, we, we tend to like comfort, you know. Right. We th- and that's well, home for me was that place of comfort. I want to be home. I want to be comfortable. Um, but you, you know, you holding your child, that meant that your wife wasn't holding your child. Mm. And I don't know what she was doing, but hopefully she was getting sleep. Yeah, I know? think so. I Which think so. I mean, and that's, this is also kind of what Christ demonstrates and shows for us, right? Mm. Like he takes the hard way, so that. <laughs> We all get the blessing, right. you know. But then, man, man, you just you just think about how much he did for me. Now all of a sudden, like my sorrow is turning to joy. Like I can, I want to hold the kid. Mm. I want to do the hard stuff because I know what it's like to have this joy. Mm-hmm. You know, to 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 know what Jesus has done for me, and it's infectious, right? right? And all of a sudden, you got these people that just they look way different. Right. And I think sometimes, you know, we talked about. Um, how, oh, you know, feeling sorry for Christians, right? Uh, uh, the world looking at Christians yeah. and kind of be. I think one of the ways they often do that is they'll say, you have such a restrictive life. Uh, you got, there's so many rules. Huh. You know, that's such a small existence. I'm sorry for you guys. And mm. it's like, oh man, like I don't think you understand like the the depth <coughs> of joy that I have, you know, the, the, the breadth of hope. Mm. Um, it's just, you know, oh, I mean, it really is otherworldly. <laughs> That's from God, and uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious, you know, just as as we move forward, like you said, in Advent, we can see the coming of Jesus, and uh, I know in Revelation, and and I try not to be too end timesy, you know, uh, because I don't know when it's coming. No one knows the day or the hour. Only Father. But Revelation paints a very similar picture in the world for the Christians, saying that yeah, it looks pretty bleak. The world is kicking their heels at uh, these witnesses, the angel witnesses who are dead. Right. <laughs> like literally, like there's uh, these these messengers from God who come, they get killed, and the world is like rejoicing over that. Hmm. And it's like, oh man, well that sounds kind of rough for the Christians. But we also know, like as you're reading the Book of Revelation, which is can be a little frightening to read, the whole time you got to know and understand. Jesus has already conquered. Yeah, Jesus is already on the throne. Battle's already won. Yeah. Outcome's already determined. Right. Um, and so you know, even though there's like great sorrow there, it's going to be turned to joy. Right. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so especially if you're in a time of sorrow right now, <clears throat> joy's coming. Amen. Yeah. Amen. The final word from Jesus mm. in John chapter 16. Jesus says about the pregnant woman that just like like she won't remember the birth pains mm. when the child is born because all of a sudden there's going to be great joy in this child. I've been told that that's not necessarily true. <laughs> <laughs> so so women who have had children take it up with Jesus. That's yeah, my, yeah. that's my point. He's the one who said it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every analogy breaks down at some point, right? <laughs> Not when Jesus says it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all right. Hey, thanks for uh, conversating with us today. Yeah. And uh, may you have joy in Jesus. Amen. See all you guys right. later. Bye.